here we are. In wow. at the end. What an amazing episode. Totally amazing episode. Um, we're going to be talking about episode episode 12 of season 2 of The Sopranos. That's right. The knight in white satin armor. Mm-hmm. What is the original expression? Just a knight. Shining armor. Shining armor. Yeah, that's what I think. In white shining armor? <laughs> I mean, I think it's a combination of a lot of... Well, there's a lot of combinations sort of, of expressions. Misappropriation. In this. Yeah, but there's a lot of those in this episode. So I was yeah. trying to keep track of them, but it, it like there was a lot. It was going fast. So yeah. Um, there's probably a common saying talking about in white satin or something too. I'm trying to think like what that would be. Well, there's moody blues, knights in white satin, which is actually like knights, N-I-G-H-T-S, right. not knights. So there is like this like complex grabbing of different sayings and songs yeah i don't know maybe let's return to that yeah i mean what do you think in this episode like if we just think about it generally like who is or who are knights in white satin in this episode or like what are care like who are care like what does that mean in the context of this episode well, like what does it mean to be a knight in white satin armor or like <laughs> right. well, what think- are people looking for right like cuz i think there's female characters in this episode yeah. that are looking for a man to be a certain thing right and men themselves are looking at themselves to also be certain kinds of like fulfill certain kinds of images right. of what it means to be this like a good man yeah. even well, um, yeah. So yeah, what do you th- like? What do you think? Where or where do you see like examples of this? Well, I think Irina is looking for somebody to come and save her, and yeah. she's talked about in previous episodes. You know, like what I'm going to be with this cab driver. I said he was a cab driver from Kazakhstan, or you know, or there's like yeah. you know this factory worker. She's looking for somebody like Tony to come and bring her to another place in her life, mm-hmm. and she wants somebody to kind of transport her. We find out more about her background in this episode about working at the Bing. Mm-hmm. And saying she doesn't want to go back to that, which is understandable. But she's looking to Tony as somebody who can take her away from that. And the reality is he won't. Well, he also, like, <laughs> he definitely won't. No. But it's funny because, like, she even, like, she knows that. But yet until Tony is actually, like, he's the one who's critical of her having a relationship with him. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's kind of like, why would you be with me right um like don't you want a guy like why would you want to be with a guy who would right. treat you this way yeah. or whatever like he says these things yeah. and it kind of like disgusts him in some yeah. way that she's with this guy who's so disgusting Which, but that guy is him right it's a weird it's another um, great and he example he says it to yeah. Melfi too and he's mad at Melfi because she's not being critical of his sexual relationship with Irina right right like he's like mm. He's like, you're judging me. And she's like, I've actually never judged any of your relationships, yeah. like extramarital or, or any of my clients' sexual relationships. And he's like, but even with me being 20 years older than her, right? he's like... He's looking for it. He's looking for someone to be critical of him and nobody's giving him that. Yeah. Except for Carmela. Interesting. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, even... I always forget Syl's wife, Gabriella. Yeah. Um, even she's kind of like they're all the same. Like she's not even being critical of Tony, right? With Carmela, right? Like yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so it's funny, like that. That's Irina. That's you're right. I think Irina is looking for that, but Tony's definitely not going to be the one to be that person for her. Definitely not. And I think too, for us as viewers, when we think about who is Tony, you know, could he be a knight in white satin armor? And at the end of the episode, he's 
when we think about his relationship with female characters on this show, mm. he's driven Irina to suicide. Mm -hmm. And the last thing that we're left with is Carmela saying, I just might commit suicide mm -hmm. if you don't do this for me. So clearly he has this toxic effect on the woman around him. Yeah. Well, and, and you can think about that. It's kind of like um, a prototype of some sort, right? This like... Um, there are men out there who are looking to like save people, yeah. right? Like there are, there are people out there right. who are looking to save other people, right? It's yeah. kind of like a um, a drive. In a lot of ways, we see that in the other characters, right? Like maybe Carmela's um, yeah. enabling kind of behaviors or complicity, if you want to call it that. Um, but we don't like we don't really see Tony as that kind of person who like has this drive to help people yeah. we see a little bit of it with Irina like he sees something in her like her depression or whatever that he is like softer than he might be like with uh, the other women in his past right he right. says that he's like yeah he's like I don't know why I'm just not saying fuck off like because right. he's done that with other people yeah. so he does have some level of compassion yeah for her um, he wants to help her. He gets her a referral. Yeah. He makes a big deal out of that, but he gets her this referral to a psychiatrist. Yeah. Her cousin, her cousin, Svetlana. Yeah. Um, she has her like white and knight in white satin right. armor story, right? Yeah. Like her leg falls off at the gap. Right. And some guy scoops her up <laughs> and rescues her. And I guess right? that's what Irina's looking for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and she's like dealing with the passage of time. That's actually one of the other things that's interesting in this episode mm -hmm. is we see, we have a strange passage of time that like starts the episode. Yeah. We don't know how much time has passed between yeah. last episode and this episode. Clearly some time has passed because, you know, like Janice and Richie were just like going to the open house for the house yeah. and then suddenly yeah. they own it. Right. You know? Yeah. So, like, or, like, with Pussy, ha well, maybe we'll talk more about Pussy after, but, like, he's had this kind of strange personality yeah. um, change. But in terms of Irina, like, she's really capturing that, like, this, you know, like, they and they mention a lot of times, like, been with her for two years, or, or right. like, they mention these amounts of time, and she's been told, like, she's too old for the modeling industry, yeah. right? Like, so she's kind of grappling with this passage of time thing yeah. as well. Um, Even the way they set the episode up, it's a little bit different than others where we have the two dancers dancing in the house. Right. It's a scene that's completely out of the ordinary in Sopranos. And the way that they play with it is fascinating, too. So, like, seeing two dancers, which is obviously so detached from the mob world of the yeah. Sopranos. Like, that's just such a completely different world to the point where Richie, that's actually what leads to Richie getting murdered in this episode, is him thinking that his son, his namesake is gay because he's dancing and Janice yeah. challenging him. That's how foreign what yeah. he's doing is and what that is. So they start on that and they start with basically a, a score. Yeah. But it's this really interesting... Do you know what piece of way. music that is? We should have looked that I up. Wasn't sure, but for me, it was just like, it was movie music. It yeah. was It was, it was well, cinematic scoring. They had and moments it, happen at times. It plays that off of the, the moments music. that are happening. Yeah. And yeah, and the score played off of the scenes. So, you know, like when... Janice. Do, you, do you think it was a score then? Do you think well, actually, this is the like, thing. or is it's it a actually piece of like, music? It's, it's, it's so deep the way that they handle it because yeah. it's used like a score. It is score-like music. It's playing off of the emotions of different characters. It's yeah. almost like there, there's different changes that are happening in the score for like Janice and Tony walk mm -hmm. in and all of a sudden we go to this kind of 
different feeling mm-hmm. of the music as opposed to this kind of like fantasy thing that's created at the beginning. Yeah. And yet the score will kind of shift as new characters are brought in. Yeah. And yet the funny thing about it is that there is a boombox. No, I know. And so it is source it's it's questionable if it's source music or not. They're really kind of playing with us as viewers. Yeah. Because technically it could just be source music. It could just be coming out of the boombox yeah, and but- and and being there for the dancers. Yeah. But there's something about it that doesn't feel like it is. And the way they treat it as filmmakers is that it is a score. Yeah. And it starts off that episode in a different way where we're kind of transported somewhere else. And it is it is kind of hard to know where we are. Yeah. What's going on. They're kind of, yeah. Yeah. Creating a false sense of mood. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, that's something I, I wish we actually could look up. And maybe we will. Yeah. In between taping this and yeah. posting about it. Because... Um, I just love the way they played with that. They even like use, you know, they use these like swells in the music and stuff like yeah. that to emphasize, um, like when Tony's about to walk out, right? Like there's this like swell in the music as things yeah. get really heated, yeah. and then he walks. Anyways, it's really, it's just yeah. really incredible. Um, and I love how they, I love just how it's all shot, like how you turn from this one room into the other yeah. room, and then you see the boombox behind yeah. Janice. It's just like, yeah, it's yeah. so crazy. Um, also in that scene, we, I mean, we've never seen Richie's son, little Ricky before, but we've also never seen. Or Jackie Jr. That's why, Jackie like we wrote Creole. Vito yeah. exclamation mark on a previous one. I wrote Jackie exclamation point yeah. on this one. <laughs> so I forgot, like, so in the meantime, like he's dropped out of university. Yeah. Right. And, you know, since his dad died. Yeah. And now Richie's kind of taken him under yeah. his wing. And so his first involvement in the show yeah. is through this kind of planned hit on Tony. Yeah, it's such a minor part, but it's really interesting to think about that in terms of like what he's doing right now in the show compared to what he becomes later on in yeah. the show. Because I actually never really stored away that the first time we see him, he's a bit player, mm-hmm. but he's a bit player in assassinating Tony. Right. And he becomes a much more major character, and that's not how I relate him to the Well, it's interesting. Yeah, like, they kind of, I think they want to show you that. Like, even though you know who he is, right? Like, you you know that that's, you know, the former boss's son or whatever. Like, they give you some hints. Um, Junior treats him like he is nothing, right? Like, Junior's like, like, is somebody talking, talking, right? Like, so you just know how, like, you know, unimportant he is at this time to these bigger players. So I like how they do that. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so we have we have that scene. We have the scene like with them, with Tony and Richie, um, and I don't know who Tony was with. But when they're in the rain oh. with the umbrellas, oh, he's with the Barisi, um waste management guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah who's right. been introduced this season? Right. Um, and Jackie's also there, so we do see yeah. that he like they're they're showing us a lot of him for a reason. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot about, you know, it's a lot about, again, like, what is a real man, right? Like, there's a lot of this that uh, Richie goes through, right? So mm-hmm. when we think about, like, being a knight in white satin armor or whatever, right. or just, like, being a man, yeah. right? He see he looks at his son and he looks at Jackie's son, yeah. Jackie Jr., and he's like, if only I could have had a son like that, yeah. right? And so, um, like, that there's something more manly, something more... Um, I don't know, desirable. imposing yeah, or, yeah, yeah, like, well, desire, sure, desirable, but also, like, 
that being manly means that you don't do things like ballroom dancing. Yeah. Right? It means that you would put out a hit for Tony Soprano, right? It like kind of has yeah. this violence that's embedded in it. Um, and these other things, like in their world, right? Like it does mean like having a gumar. Yeah. Right? Like it does mean, like that's just like part of the image, part of the... Entitlement too. Yeah. 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 So. Kind of like, yeah, the also like part of the lack of equality between men and women sure. in this world. Yeah. Because the expectations are that men are entitled to a lot of things that the women are completely not mm-hmm. entitled to. So there's a crazy double standard. Yeah. And so we see Carmela kind of resolving this for herself in a way, kind of, um, <laughs> go when she somehow tracks down Vic Musto yeah. creepily and goes into the paint store to talk to him. Um, we like we kind of know his emotions, right? We kind of know that he heard, you know, like from his sister or whatever, yeah. like, you know, who, who Tony Soprano is. Yeah. And, um, but we see like Carmela really like, you know, really having this, I think for her, like an honest moment, like she didn't really know what was going on. She yeah. was just like grateful for him, you know, telling him she was grateful that he didn't come because yeah. she would admit a mistake. Um, she says, at some point, I might be free, which was an interesting yeah. <laughs> statement. Yeah. Anyway, so we see her, like, basically have this monologue. Yeah. Um, right. Right? Like, explaining all this to Vic. And then she walks out, and he, like, breathes this side of relief, like, that he's not going to be um, yeah. in trouble. Right? So she, she's worked that out. But then she also smells Irina's perfume. Right. Because she works at a perfume stand. Um, she smells Irina's perfume on Tony's clothes. She cries at the engagement yeah. party, right? Like, she's clearly really distraught. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and part of her is just disappointed herself, right? She says yeah. that to Tony. She's like, and part of me believed you. Like, right. she's like the saddest part yeah. is that part of me almost believed you yeah. or whatever. Um, when he said, like, it's been over for yeah, a long yeah, time, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but then she result like, so she decides, and we see like that's, you know, but that's the only agency that she has. And then she takes a step that I think is really interesting for her. And she does, she plans this trip to, um, to Italy. Yeah. And again, we saw her not be able to go to Italy earlier this season. Yeah. Um, and so she kind of takes an agentic step, but, but it's because she's learned to manipulate Tony in a different way. In yeah. It's ways, interesting right? to see or, like, her use like, that against exert that kind of dominance yeah yeah and then and also that like for her to get what she wants that's required mm-hmm. and also that it'll work you know like yeah. we can see her walking away like that kind of statement yeah. will work and resonate with Tony because she does hold power over him obviously yeah. and just by making like a bit of an ultimatum yeah she's capable of having what she needs well it's also it. like yeah it's using you know using himself against himself right yeah. so like you know, how could he possibly, um, how could he possibly be a knight of white shining armor to, yeah. or, or whatever, to Carmela if he wouldn't do the same that he did for Irina yeah. t- with her, yeah. right? Like, um, you know, it kind of in some way, it allows him, like he still is, like he can pay for this stuff and he can, you know, let her go to Italy. What a great, yeah. what a great dude Tony yeah. is. Yeah, what a great guy. Uh, you know, giving someone $75,000, what yeah. a great guy you are, wow. right? Like, he can still see himself, well, he could still see himself in that way. I think he does see himself at this point in the season as relatively 
yeah disgusting and bad to be with right again kind of like i was saying before like he is mad at other people for not being disgusted by yeah. him and his behavior yeah right yeah. Um, I think, too, part of it is that Carmela with Vic Musto, she kind of created this narrative of respect and integrity mm, where mm, she sees him as this, this like, like, upstanding dude, upstanding person who was strong enough and had enough fortitude to recognize that mm-hmm. he didn't want to sin, that, you know, it's what she's looking for because right. it's the opposite of the world she lives in. Right. And the man that she's married to is so immoral that she's looking for that morality, but she's kind of fabricating it, which is interesting because, you know, as she hears, it's like, no, he didn't do that because he pissed his pants, you know? And so for me, that also like represented how tangled in the soprano world she is Mm -hmm. and how hopeless it kind of is. Like when Mm -hmm. even that rhetoric of like, one day I might be free, well, right now she's not free. She's in, and it's like that scene that we had with Vic Musto with the wallpaper. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, it's like she's in her own prison. She's in jail. Yeah. Yeah. In, I like that interpretation actually because it, it is right. Like that's um, everyone's kind of like yeah, projecting these images onto other people that aren't necessarily true. Like Irina with Tony, like Carmela with Vic Musto. Yeah. Um, also, just like the regularity and Janice the, and Richie, yeah, and like the kind of like expected, mundane nature of them fighting. Like when they're yelling, Carmen Tony just like having these like epic brawls, yelling at each other, and the Polish maid is just <laughs> continuing to clean in the background. She's just sweeping. Yeah, like nothing's going on. It's pretty wild. I well, mean, I also love the part where she's on the phone with Irina. Yeah. Where Irina calls her, what, a bearded Polish hag. Yeah, and she's like, there's been lots before you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like who is this, the Russian whore? There's been many before oh you. Oh, God. Yeah, it's so... Also, just, like, the, like, brief kind of, like, glimmers and, like, the mentions of, like, her Russian culture. Right, How like she wouldn't interact with a Romanian right. <laughs> because it goes back hundreds of years. Or her with the... Polish lady, like they're just like kind of like mouthing they off each other. They have this beef, yeah. Yeah, but we just get this like snapshot into it. But because it's not Italian and sort focused, you know, around Tony and his family, like we just that's all we see. Yeah, well, but, they talk yeah. about her like having to go to Kazakhstan to live. Right. They talk about how like why Russians hate psychiatrists because <laughs> <laughs> it would be like you know some scary KGB right. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those were great, and I I do love the cousin. Yeah, Svetlana. Yeah. Great character. Yeah. Her first episode, too. There's actually yeah. a lot of uh, Yeah, new she comes characters. back. Spoiler. Yeah. Spoiler. The <laughs> legless Russian comes back. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Another thing with masculinity, too, with mm. what you're talking about, is um, Janice actually kind of, like, pushing Richie over the edge at the beginning. Uh, or, sorry, uh, near the end, um, where she's saying it's just sad and that the reason why she doesn't want... Um, or sorry, why Tony doesn't want to actually be around him is not because of AJ getting a C. Right. It's because he doesn't want you around his kids. And, like, that actually really pushes Richie's buttons. Yes. And it's interesting to see, talking about, like, maneuvering, to see Janice trying to strategize almost, like, against her own family in this way. Like, she has to know that this is going to lead to the likely murder of her brother. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about what happened in the first season where our antagonist is Livia, who's making moves against Tony. Right. And you know, Livia and Junior 
plotting against his life. Well, now it's still in his family, and yet he isn't fully aware, actually, of no. how involved Janice is. But Junior is. You know, he says, you have to wonder where my you where know, darling her, her nurse, head is at. Yeah, yeah, my darling niece. In fact, the whole season, actually, he's kind of aware. He makes these little statements. He's, you know, about her stealing a wallet as a 10-year-old or yeah. whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we do have, of course, this scene where Janice does take some power. And again, like... <laughs> we um, sure do. We sure do. I think the moral of this episode is Janice is the craziest character. Yeah. She's pretty um, crazy. Because she does make this... She comes to some kind of... I don't know. Well, let's discuss. Like, what do you think made Janice do it? Because hmm. she's all on board. Like, you know, like, she does kind of love him, wants to marry him, sees him, herself having this life with him, right? Yeah. She knows what kind of guy he is. Has he ever hit her before? We've, have Not we that seen we've that? Not that we've seen. I don't think so. Hmm. I, f- I was, like, trying to remember that. But we have seen him, of course, like, hold a gun to her head while they're having sex, for right. example. Um, she knows, like, they talk, like, she has that conversation with Tony about, like, what he did to Beansy, and then she has this, like, alternate explanation for it, right? Like, she's like... Yeah. Oh, no. The, the, the transmission. Yeah, whatever it was, whatever, right? Yeah. So she's all in, right? They have this engagement party, and they both give those speeches. That scene's a great scene, too, the engagement party scene. Yeah. There's a lot going on, but... Um, they both give these speeches, right? And her saying, like, she never thought she was going to find someone. She's looked everywhere. And yeah. then, like, this guy was really just there at home, yeah. you know? And everyone's, like, crying. Some right. of happiness, Carmela yeah. being Well, I also think par- a big part of it is that Janice has had a pretty major arc throughout this season. Mm-hmm. And she came in as somebody who was detached from the world of The Sopranos. Coming in from Mm -hmm. Seattle, she was a completely different person. And like in, you know, where Tony said very recently, you know, Janice, you've completely transformed. Right. I actually think in many ways she had completely transformed. She had become the real Janice by that point. But this is actually like the the climax of that. Like this is like the summit of like this is who she really is. Right. And she's fully become herself, you know, at this moment. And that's... A murdering soprano. She's a murdering murderer. murderer. Also, dr- drugging. She's drugging her mom now. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty extreme. The thing that really blows me away with that scene is the way that they're playing with form in this season. Mm. And for me, it's just so revolutionary and so creative. Because when I think back to the first season, it's much more traditional. Even though a lot is set up in the penultimate, a lot happens in the in the penultimate yeah. episode, and that's something that they kind of created. What they're doing now is completely different. It's it's this wild, unpredictable approach to form where the climax just happens so unexpectedly yeah. and out of the blue. Yeah. And the way that everything is going to kind of wind down is is just it's 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 its own kind of like creative invention and it's yeah. uh, it's not typical TV narrative. No. They're not building and you know, building tension and releasing it at the pivotal moments. In fact, they're they're actively kind of messing with that. I want to like once we talk about the next the season finale, I want to come back and talk about like these two episodes in tandem with each other. Yeah, if you don't mind. Yeah, because I think like you know like we can look at form within the season. We can look at form within the sh- the episode itself. Because even the episode itself has this 
unexpected form, right? Like things don't fall where you think they will. No. But nor do they within the context of the season. No. Um, and particularly like as like an ending to a season, right? As some kind of like conclusion. Yeah. This episode paired with the season finale. Yeah. Are really really interesting, and I think that's why we kind of get that strange time jump. Yeah. Element, right? Like, right. I think that these They're two linked. are are really And that linked. happens in this show. Um, so anyways, yeah. I just, all that to say, I want to come back to it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's still, again, like, there, it's amazing, like, with this show, there's a lot of moments like this. There's some really notable ones where you know that this is the episode that something's going to happen in, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like we knew this was the episode yeah. where Richie was going to get shot, right? Yeah. Like, we, that we absolutely knew that. Um, but still when it happens, you're like taken by surprise. Yeah. Um, which is pretty magical in terms of like, again, like we know exactly what's coming. It's yeah. Yeah. Just in the way that they deal with it for possibly like the, or one of the pivotal plot points in the entire Mm -hmm. season, the way they develop it and end it is so wild Yeah, because it's just snatched away from us. Like Richie's introduced. Yeah. He's a major player in the drama of the season, yeah. and then he's just gone. Yeah. And that's a ballsy thing to do as a writer. It's so ballsy. Um, yeah. But they've never shied comes... away from that. I mean, there's, there's, no. that's, this show is like, <laughs> it's like a case study in ballsy moves. Yeah. Of just like trying things out and making it work. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a great example of that. And I think it really works. Yeah. Because that's also like what brings some of the, um, like the verisimilitude to this show, like the the kind of like the fact that we are, it feels more realistic because things don't follow this like perfect TV structure. Yep. People don't always say the right thing. In fact, they often say the wrong thing or things that are false or even like the title of this episode, something that isn't even coming from nowhere. It's just like a mis- it's like an it's it's an incorrect appropriation of a phrase. Yeah. So I I said I was gonna I wrote down some of the other phrases okay. that were yeah. wrong. Um. And I, because I love that point, right? Like it is, it's these like, um, kind of like dreams are, right? Kind of like how our brains work too and how real life is. You're right. It's this like conglomeration of moments that somehow make up this whole, right? Yeah. And, that, and this show is so good at showing you that. And they're, they're not always the most meaningful moments. Anyways, but the two that I wrote down that Richie said them both actually, um, he said during his little engagement speech, yeah. Um, he says one door opens and another closes. And that's just like the wrong, that's the wrong order, right? Like, right. Um, right. Like it's supposed to be one door closes, another opens. Right. So he says it that way, which right. is really, you, you don't think of, you kind of just hear it. And again, a lot of expressions like that that are so trite, like yeah. they do kind of, yeah. they just pass you by, but like that's not the expression, right? Yeah. And like, um, and it, I mean, in terms of this episode, right, for him, it kind of is like he kind of he thinks he's going to be getting all this power. Right. Yeah. Like, he's married. They talk about like the two families joining together. He's trying yeah. to make this huge power play. He thinks he has Junior on his side. Yeah. Right. So like when one door opens, another closes. Right. For him. Yeah. Um, he never gets to achieve that. Right. Poor Richie. Poor Richie. Um, the other one, he says he said it earlier. Uh, I forget exactly, but he says all good things come to those who wait. And that's a, a misappropriation, I think, of like all good things come to an end. Okay. 
Um, and there is like right. good things come to those who wait. But the fact that he said all good things come to those all good who things wait come to an end. Right. Good. Right. Yeah. Is that a combination of two? I cents? think that's a yeah. combination of two. <laughs> um, and I like those. I have a friend who used to say that you had to just grab the gift horse by the mouth. Right. My friend Lee. Sometimes you got to do that. I just <laughs> I think I think mixing expressions is is interesting here, especially like obviously it's purposeful in terms of the title and yeah. When you're writing a script, um, yeah. you make those kind of word choices. But I think it is. It's like, um, yeah, I can't, I can't describe, like, the, the meaning behind it. It really is, like, to, I think, turn the watcher, on, like, on your head a little bit, like, to kind of disorient you the same way that these characters, like, put you in the mind state of some yeah. of these characters. Um we get a little bit of like Janice's point of view, actually, like when she is shooting yeah. um, Richie, we kind of get that like swervy camera, like mm. from her perspective yeah. thing. So like it kind of, yeah. And again, it's like when things surprise us, like I think that's what the writers and the team are just really invested in doing is yeah. to kind of put you off balance, take you out of what you usually, the expressions yeah. that you already know and yeah. the form of TV that you already know. Yeah. And, you know, even like if you think you know how a character might react, mm -hmm. you don't really know them at all. Right. Um, yeah. So for me, it was just kind of representative of that. Yeah. That brings up some interesting points about character. Like you talked about why Janice did this. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a couple interesting things that happen at that moment for us to kind of unravel. One of which is... Like, when I was watching it this time, I was really thinking about, like, what's the conversation, what's the disagreement that leads to Richie hitting her and her killing mm -hmm. him? And it's just talking about his son, right, mm -hmm. as a ballroom dancer. And mm -hmm. she's upset about what if he was gay? What difference does it make? And then he hits her. Mm -hmm. So she has different principles and values mm -hmm. than Richie that she probably should have been able to recognize very mm -hmm. clearly. Like, even if you think about the beginning of the season, she talks about Richie's plight in prison or whatever has made him more sensitive to the plight mm. of woman. It's like Carmela laughs in her face. Yeah. And I think she should have recognized, like, that lack of shared values. Um, yeah. Well, even we see that in the scene where she and Carmela are looking at wedding dresses. Yeah. Right? And they're talking about it. Um, and Carmela says, like, when she's talking about, like, the holding the gun to the head thing, yeah. she's like, I thought you were a feminist, yeah. right? Like, it is kind of like, like, yeah. who are you, Janice? Right. Because you've it's gone through question. this, like, really rapid transformation right yeah. now. But who are you? Like, yeah. if this is something that is true, like, would truly set you off so much that you would kill someone, yeah. right? Like, what are your values? Yeah. And no, who it's are a, you? It's a great question. Yeah. One other interesting thing about values is that Richie has made a huge... He's made one of his values very clear, and that's to Christopher, mm. that he's upset at Christopher for hitting his niece before they were married. That's right. why he's upset. Right. Which is insane. Yes. But for him, like, we get a window into his value structure... And for him, that's very important. Mm -hmm. And yet, he's hypocritical to even that system of values right. at that moment when he hits Janice because they are not married. Yeah. And so it does expose the hypocrisy of even the tiny – not that there's any values to that, like, level of integrity or morality or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it 
exposes that even that he can't hold on to. Yeah. There's there's nothing. It's just like a void. Yeah. Um, he is kind of a black hole. Like, I is. just feel like, yeah. And, it, and again, like, now that he's gone, I'm shocked from watching this season of how dominating he is over the season. When I think of season two, I think of Richie Aprile. Yeah. But the crazy thing is, is he's not that present. No. If you're actually going to look at scripts and add up all of his lines, it's not that much. Or and one f- of those YouTube videos. He's like... Maybe there's one. Yeah. I mean, there's... He's, he's definitely a main part of the season, but... In some ways, when I think about who the main antagonist is, mm. maybe it's even more Janice than him because Janice is manipulating him. She's kind of the puppet master yeah. in terms of getting somebody to act against Tony. Yeah, but I guess, like, my I guess going back to kind of my question, right, like, is, like, who, like, who is Janice, right? Like, is she someone who would let her brother be killed or is she not? Right? Like, because we do, we kind of see her as being like Livia and Junior. Yeah. Right? Like, kind of like plotting this thing against their own family member. Like, is that in Janice's values? Like, could she have let that happen? Seems it to me. Seems it to me, too. In the same kind of ambiguous way that it seemed like Junior and Livia could in the first season. Like, Livia, it's interesting because Livia is actually kind of the puppet master in season one towards Junior, who Mm -hmm. would actually act out. Mm -hmm. Again, it's like, a woman who is kind of yeah. like manipulating a man to actually do the work. Yeah. And it's also, it's like Janice's mom and then Janice as daughter are the ones who are kind of like manipulating somebody within the family yeah. to actually kill somebody and change things up for their benefit. Yeah. 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 No, it's, um, it's pretty deep. And we, I mean, yeah. we see like other instances of female manipulation too. It's really, um, yeah, it's really interesting. I don't know. I don't know who Janice is. Like, I still I, there's something else there, and again, I think it does kind of go back to like when Carmela was like, "I thought you were a feminist," and like, um, like Janice didn't seem to be kind of on board when like Carm said to her, like, in whatever six months she'll have he'll have a gumar or whatever. Maybe yeah. it was two years. I forget. But like, um, you know, like, is that Janice? Yeah. You know, is she someone who could be, who could stand by and let those kind of things go on? Right. Um, I don't know. We'll never I'm still, know. I, <laughs> I mean, we could hypothesize about it. Um, I, I thought just seeing her, her as a character too, like in the end where she's uh, talking about, I loved him so much. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so crazy. I mean, she's such a complicated character and so capable of, immediately compartmentalizing and like detaching herself from the realities of what Mm -hmm. just happened. Mm -hmm. I loved him so much. And you can see how she's starting to store it away. I thought actually that scene was like super funny. And it's an interesting thing like about humor in this show. When they're at the bus station and you know, Tony says, oh, we buried him on a hill, you know, surrounded by pine cones looking over. And she's like, you did? It's like, no. And (laughs) (laughs) I... I mean, I found that really funny, but well, that's an interesting thing. Well, they cut thing. him into pieces, etc. Yeah, but that's a, an interesting thing about the way they deal with humor. So I was yeah. watching this interview with Terrence Winter, which we can reference because it's great. There's a series of interviews that you can watch, and it really actually gives you a, a I perspective. Haven't, I haven't watched them. On the writing for the show. And he talks about, he used to, like, write jokes. And he actually came from a background where he had been writing on a comedic show he actually had a background where he even like studied stand-up and like put together a set so he has like a background as like writing as a comedian 
Um, but David Chase and, and this show kind of like valued the importance of making a scene funny, making the absurd situation funny in and of itself. Don't write a joke that leads to a punchline. Lead like just have a situation that is funny. And for me, that was like a perfect moment of that. Mm. Like that situation of Janice just having killed Richie, being there talking about it and like emotionally connecting with Richie and hoping that something good happened to him is one of those scenes where like this show is so funny, but it rarely tells a joke. And I feel like that's what the humor in this show is. Yeah. No, you, I mean, there are definitely times where we laugh during this show, right? Totally. It's not yeah. like, it's not a joke. It's not a punchline. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, sometimes. Sometimes they have jokes. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes there are jokes. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to talk about at least two other things. Okay. Um, and then I have some like random things, but okay. I wanted to talk about the scene with Livia. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about the scenes with Junior. Yeah, me too. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's start. Um, so maybe I'll start with Junior because again, he kind of like I'm finding myself questioning with Janice in this episode. I'm questioning myself who is Junior. Right. Right. And like, what does Junior stand for? And I, I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. again, like, you know, we know him to be someone who was trying to kill Tony just a few months ago or yeah. whatever, right? Like, um, he has these Rico, yeah. um, Viol whatever they yeah. are. Um, he's under house arrest. Um, with an upcoming trial. With an upcoming trial. He's old, right? We've seen him kind of like dealing with his age throughout this season. But did he really mean to manipulate Richie? And like, what does he? what did he mean when he said like, he's like, kept talking about Richie, he'd be like, Richie couldn't sell it, right? Like he couldn't yeah. convince yeah. someone else to yeah. kill Tony for him. Right. And so that for Junior, like that, he was like, Richie couldn't sell it. He just couldn't sell it. He yeah. kept repeating that. Whereas he's like, Tony, he's all in his head. Yeah. Like impulsive. He's impulsive. Selfish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's the one I'm going to go with. Right. And he makes that choice that that's somehow better for him so in the long run. Here's what I think. Yeah. I think there's a lot of this imagery of cats in his house. And mm -hmm. we always see like this like frame picture of a cat mm -hmm. in his house by the phone. And he also he says, talked I'm not about, a cat. I don't shit in a box. Yeah. I think at this point, Junior is like a domesticated, neutered character. Mm. Like his power has been stripped away. He has to deal with the financial realities of dealing with this trial. Mm. And I think it's all self-preservation. He's just trying to decide how he's going to pay these bills. Right. Like we see the reality that he's in. Yeah. They're, you know, right. FBI experts are going to go over the cases and look for loopholes. It's going to be $400,000. Yeah. And that's just the tip of the iceberg yeah. dealing with this lawyer, dealing with everything. I think Junior. I like the two lawyers. Sorry, like Tony's yeah. lawyer and Junior's <laughs> lawyer. I like them both. Yeah, I like Anyways. them both too. Yeah. But I think he's just thinking about. I think he's largely thinking financially. Okay. How I think he's thinking, how can I get the money that I need to survive this? Right. So that's where I think his decision making comes in, and I think. So why didn't he pick Richie? I think he thought that it was valuable to give the information to Tony, and as we saw, the re the reaction by Tony was to increase his points yeah. on the, you know, on the enterprises. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know if he trusted Richie as a boss. Mm -hmm. I don't think he thought that he could carry the operation. Mm -hmm. And I think he, you know, in, in the same way that Tony says that dealing Coke on the garbage routes was short-sighted, I think that he thought that going with Richie would probably be short-sighted. Right. I think that in the long game, we can see right. his approach to strategy, which he says to Bobby, like, listen up, you might learn something. Yeah. 
And Bobby's just but like, I'm, I'm in, in awe, awe of you. you. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he is thinking about like long term what will benefit him the most. I think I'm, it's not about his family. I don't think it's about that at all. I don't yeah. think he gives a shit that he's related to Tony. Yeah. I think if he thought that it was more beneficial to him to be with Richie, he would kill Tony. Yeah. It's funny how he, like, refers to family. Like, he's always like, my niece, my nephew. Okay, yeah. little nephew. Like, he's yeah. like, he, like, always, like, uses familial names. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he, I don't think he gives really any kind of fucks either. No. Um, Nor do I. <laughs> I always, like, again, this show is, like, I always forget, like, I always, like, like Junior. And I'm like, why do I like this guy? Like, he's a shitty guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty, like, dangerous person. He's really dangerous. Um, <laughs> and sad. Also, well, yeah, I mean, even, like, Tony saying to Junior, you know, in that, so you're a double agent now. Yeah. Which obviously is That a was play. also a funny scene. Yeah, which is yeah. obviously a play on Pussy being kind of this weird double agent character now. Yeah. But but Junior is playing it multiple different ways to benefit himself. Okay, I know? forgot I wanted to talk about Pussy also. Yeah. Just briefly, though. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's talk about it. Okay. Let's talk about Pussy briefly. I feel like this is one character development over this, not, you know, I don't know, amount of time between last episode and this episode where Pussy undergoes this, like, very drastic character change. It is. And becomes, like, obsessed with being an FBI agent. It's a little bit surprising. It's something actually, and we'll talk about it more in the next episode, because it is setting up Pussy to become the center of the drama of this season. (gasps) Well, I'm just, like, where I can say, you know, like, what's going to happen in the next episode, without any specifics, is that this season ends off with Pussy being a, a major part of what this season is about. Yes. And we recommend you watch the episode if you were thinking of stopping here. It's a great one. But yeah. they are like kind of like. <laughs> Imagine if someone was watching and they're like, I'm going to end it on this I'm done. I think that's, yeah. I think that's it. But, you know, I think they are, they're obviously like building to something. And mm-hmm. we'll see. Upon watching this episode, it is one of the developments for a character that I do have a hard time completely buying into. Mm-hmm. It seems very sudden. And it's, like, like, also just, like, kind of this, like, weird compulsion. It's, like, he's, like, become kind of this... And he gives his rationale for it, you know. But it just seems a little weak. It seems like a very drastic, complete transformation of a character. Mm -hmm. And I don't see his rationale for it. I don't see what he has to gain by doing that. Especially when he's being, like, oh, what am I, his errand boy? Like, and he's being, like... Because that's how they sell it to us. That's yeah. the rationale. And the writing is always so on point, and I always believe everything, and it's so efficient. They normally need to say almost nothing, and I yeah. believe the motives. Yeah. That one is one of the very few times in this show. And they give you a rationale. Like, and that's like, the thing I used to oh, really that's, buy Oh, that's strong. I mean, it's yeah. just more like typical TV. Things just happen, and you take it. Yeah. But that's, like, what all TV is like. Yeah. But, yeah, for the, I mean, we'll see, we'll talk about it next week because he's a big part of it. Yeah. Um, but it is it is very drastic. Yeah. Yeah, he's becoming a completely different character. And it is relevant to the season because this season is about can people change again. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about that, and Janice is the main character who completely transforms. Right. Like Tony says. And actually, you know, it actually reminded me of a few things in this episode. Janice saying to Tony about Livia, she's a completely different person since they put her on Prozac. Yep. Right? And (laughs) it's, it's asking us the question, you know, do people change? And at the end of this, with the interaction between Livia and Tony, it ends with these kind of like 
smiling, laughing from mm. Livia, these kind of like maniacal really looks creepy. that are hard to read, right? Yeah. Again, this like ambiguity over what it is. She's crying, but it actually looks like she's smiling or laughing at Especially him. Especially at the end. Which is exactly what happens at the end of the first season. So they're kind of bringing it back to the same yeah. place for her. She has not changed as a character. No. But there are all these characters. It's like, oh, well, will they change? And I think... Well, you know, also Tony talking to Karma about infidelity, right? Right. Like these things, like, and he ends up going back to Irina. Yeah. That's been a topic in this in yeah. this season. So back. all these characters address these things that they want to change, need to change, and they don't. And I think that that's a fundamental, central part of this show. Yeah. Characters do not change. Yeah. Even <laughs> Janice, I think she changed back into what she really was from a probably. Fake. Yeah. She was no, being exactly. Parvati was, was never a real. Thing. It was never a real. It's not even a real. That's not even her real name. Yeah. Like, it was a fabrication. Yeah. And so people don't change. Wow. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And I think, like... But they're... Yeah, but they're obviously examining it with They're pussy. examining it, right? So I think, like, um, that whole scene with Livia and Tony at the end there, right? Like, he in some ways, like... He is, in some ways, Janice's white knight in this episode, right? Yeah. Like, when she calls, yeah. he comes to the rescue... He unquestioningly starts cleaning up a body, yeah. right? Like he, we see him mopping the floor. Him, like he's not cutting up the body, which is a really I forgot about that disturbing yeah. scene. I also want to make a mental note to find out the next time Christopher eats from Satriales because he says it's going to be a while for him. <laughs> yeah, but let's... I feel like it could be next episode, which would be kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but you know, Tony, he like organizes this whole thing. He. Um, you know, gets the body carted away. And then when he's bringing Janice, when they're leaving to go to the bus station, right, Livia comes down the stairs. Yeah. And Well, and Tony's kind of not there yet. Just Janice and Livia are there. And he, it's the, really the first conversation we see him have with Livia since last season, yeah. right? And he, he says, how could she have had a chance with a mom like you? Yeah. He's not putting it on himself, right? Yeah. Like, he's not saying, yeah. like, how could I have had a chance? But... He is putting himself out there and, you know, like giving Janice a pass in yeah. some ways, right? Like for good or for bad. He talks a lot about how like what he's learned in therapy is about blaming your mom. Well, it's interesting because Janice And Janice says, is like, oh, yeah. but her dad was no, you know, right. like um, Tony can't go that he far, right? Like that, he yeah. can't, he can't see that far, right? He can only kind of, yeah. he's found this one thing to blame. Yeah. And he's focused on that. Yeah. That's that's where he puts his energy. But he does, you know, like have some compassion for Janice. Yeah. Um, I mean, her marrying Richie was not, you know, what it whatever Carmela said at the end. A match or yeah, not, wedding. It was in, not a match made in heaven yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But it um, <laughs> But you know, he's like he's pretty honest with her, right? Yeah. Like, um, and he, he says to her, like, you don't know, do you? Yeah. To Livia. Yeah. Um, and. Well, that's such an interesting yeah. interaction. You know, like, Livia, just the cruelty she shows to Janice, uh. too. She, you know, he probably jilted her story of her life. Yeah. You know, so, like, that's how she interacts with Well, apparently with she used to comment on Janice's weight when yeah. she would come home or call her a slut, right? Yeah. Like, you know, we do see how it would be challenging for Janice yeah. to have a normal relationship. It would. Um, but it's interesting then to hear Livia's rationale. You know, somebody has to teach them right from wrong. Yeah. I think I did a pretty good job. That's yeah. interesting because clearly nobody taught these people right from wrong. No. And clearly she did not do a good job. Well, her image of what a good <laughs> job is, and she says it. She's yeah, like, she look at that house. place you live in, right? No. 
And Such shallow, superficial values. Yeah, like it's it's nothing. It, it's meaningless, right? We see the house that Janice and Richie were going to live in, yeah. this like beautiful monstrosity. Yeah. Um, and the house where, you know, Carm and Tony live as well, right? And yet it's, it's a fantasy. Like that first totally scene that that would be a positive thing in yeah. their lives. It, it's meaningless. Yeah. And to, to attach value to it is a fantasy. It's a fabrication. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just had a couple little things. I don't know what you... Yeah, you had something else I've big to... Some, uh, no, go for it. Um, I just wanted to talk quickly about, like, just... We were talking about hypocrisy a little bit earlier. We have the scene with the FBI. What's the chief The boss, guy? Frank the boss? Cubitoso. Cubitoso. Um, and we see him and Skip, like... He gets this birthday platter from Tony. Yeah, right? I know. Which is funny. I know we can't accept gifts. Yeah, but, but then they eat it anyways, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, they're just such hypocrites. Um, very, yeah, almost very wire in some ways. Of yeah. Like, equating the realities of the, the, the basically like the, the uh, robbers and or whatever police and rob whatever that came. I don't know. Cops the, and robbers. Co- yeah, <laughs> cops and robbers. That's <laughs> yeah. the one. But yeah, just like looking at the like the structures of the two and looking at like how like the hypocrisies yeah. exist in both of them. Um, and then the other thing I had was the pony boots that Tony gives to Irina. <laughs> oh, pony boots. I pony didn't write boots. that down. I did. Pony boots. I wrote it in my notes. <laughs> um, actually, I wrote pony boots, chicken soup. Um, chicken, you're right. But the pony boots are interesting just because of the imagery that we see regarding horses throughout the mm-hmm. series. So I just wanted to yeah. note it in my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, also to look out for instances of horses, yep. you know, as the show goes on. Yeah. Um, but then I loved I loved how there, it was kind of hopeful in some ways, like Irina talking about this limo driver guy yeah. who gave her this chicken soup book. Like, yeah. Um, you know, she doesn't see that type of person as her knight in white shining armor, right? Like they look something different for her. They right. have a more masculine job. They have yeah. a more, uh, they have more money. They have more power, whatever it might be, right? Yeah. She's not willing to see someone who like, you know, seems to care about her in a chicken soup for the soul kind of way, yeah. right? But um, I don't know. It was, it was kind of hopeful. Yeah. I mean, in the moments where <laughs> I can find hope in this show. As hopeful as Sopranos. It's as hopeful as yeah. it got. So, um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I have a bunch of stray observations. Yeah, I have sure. a bunch of small things. Um, near the beginning, Richie, you know, saying, when, he, when he's talking and talk, yelling about this country is going through boom times, there's more garbage, garbage than ever. yeah. Yeah, which is something, you know, we've talked about before, like these characters, like, making their lives on garbage. garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it's, it's interesting to see, like, all these characters, yeah, looking at, like, the boom is when garbage is... Is, garbage know, is up. Yeah. Garbage is up. <laughs> yeah. Which really is, that's their existence. Yeah. Um, well, we have that scene with Christopher, like in Christopher's office, right? When Pussy comes weirdly yeah. to his office. And he's talking about, oh, yeah, we sold robot, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, the Robotrix or whatever it was. Yeah. And now we're doing this South American whatever, right? Like that they are. They're just like basically dealing yeah. with garbage. Yeah. Something that doesn't even work. Totally. Uh, I have a few things. Pussy I'm going to meet Christopher, which is interesting because we know that he's wired up, right? He right. was talking to Skip. And, you know, the way that he talks about the Scavino bust out with Tony, Tony's like kind of a pro. But when he goes to talk to Christopher, he's so loose about talking about the Rubistic scam. Right. He just lays out the entire scam. Yeah. He just like, that's the scene with Christopher in this. It's just like, he says what it is. He's like, oh, do you want in? Like, these are the numbers. This is how much you'll make. This is what it costs. 
it's just like funny to see like the way the characters are playing their hand and possibly implicating themselves, knowing that Pussy is wired and right. reporting this information. We have the David Hockney showing up again between Irina and Tony mm-hmm. in her room. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that big it's splash. Not, it's not a David Hockney, but it looks like a David Hockney. Oh, right. I guess, yeah, she doesn't have a, like yeah. an original <laughs> David Hockney piece. But yeah. yeah, the one that looks like it. Um, but for me, it's different. Like that was in the episode with Jackie April dying. Yeah. And it was like this, you know, he's there, but he's not there. Yeah. Then we can see. But there was something there, too, for me about, like, Tony's there, but he's not there. Like, mm-hmm. he's disappearing. Mm-hmm. So it took on kind of, like, a different meaning. Yeah. Um, what would I be if I didn't talk a little bit about colors? Because there's – I, was, I wasn't what, going what to – What about when Carmela and Tony were on the couch at the end? You know, I wasn't even going to go there. I just wrote down – I couldn't even help it on a few of them. Okay. But uh, I, I've been – I've been, you know, I'll just let it go because I've talked a lot about no, it. No, that's your but, thing. That's my thing. What mm-hmm. a thing. But um, there, there was just, there was a few interesting ones. So like Carmela pulling the clothes out that she smells the perfume on, this like all black thing with all the whites in the hamper. And then we go up and I wrote down Livia, but I, I'm pretty positive I didn't mean that. I meant Janice, I think, is wearing all black. So it's like, again, her transformation to the mob. And like they are often mm. wearing these like dark or gray colors from the more colorful, colorful ones. Except um, we all see her in that wedding dress. We see her in a wedding dress, which to me just feels so out of place. Yeah. Even the things when she's in a wedding dress talking about having sex with a gun to your head. Yeah. Like, it's just so strange. There's something so wrong about it. Yeah. But she's transformed, and we see her wearing the colors that we typically affiliate with the mob members. Yeah. Carmela pulling out something affiliated with that, right? Yeah. And contrasting all the whites around. For me, where this gets interesting and why I just had to write it down was uh, Carmelo meeting Vic at the paint store. And if you look at the way mm. they frame the composition, like, there's all these color swatches in between them. So, like, the full range of mm-hmm. all colors mm-hmm. and, like, all the, you know, yep. all the kind of, like, variations that we could have with color are in between them. And I think that Carmela is coming up with this story. She's Or she's looking for something that's completely outside of the mob yes. world. She's looking for color. That isn't just she wants to, to extract herself. Yeah. The reality is that it's hopeless, or it seems hopeless yeah. when we examine it. Yeah, yeah. But that's what she's looking for, and she sought it out. She actually, you know, found out where he would be and went and waited at this yeah. paint store. Yeah. But her in that environment is she is detaching herself from the black and white world of the mob. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting, um, and then you know when <laughs> and then when she leaves. Vic Musto says, do you know who she's married to? And then we go to Tony in psychiatry wearing a black blazer over Grace again. And that's so, a very dramatic shot. It is. So again, just like the the mood and the, the color palette that's used is immediately contrasted. Mm. Who she married to? Well, now we're in this other world again. Mm. So the way that they use that is really interesting. But the in the paint store, I thought was a really deliberate That's, in, that's use really of good. It. Yeah, that's really great. Um, I don't know. And then she was wearing that's all my thing. red. She that's was wearing all red on the I know. Couch. I know and it's he was true. wearing all black. I know it's true. I didn't even I didn't even write that down. But I'm I'm so proud of you. My, my thanks. <laughs> my color <laughs> protege. Little protege. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a few th- a few tiny things with Janice and Richie. Um, when they were fighting over, they were in the house. Not the scene where she kills him, but Richie saying, "You know, I might there might not be as much money. I don't want you mm. spending as much." They're having this argument, and again, the way that they frame things in this show: two people talking, something in the background that's often like worth paying attention to. There's like boxing that Richie is actually kind of holding Richie's focus. Right. So I feel like Richie is kind of engaged in this like sort of like violent 
matchup with Tony right. as this is happening. And it's like in the background, but it's also kind of like informing what's happening between those two as characters right, right now. And it's just kind of something there. Also, Janice, again, going to the like complexity of Janice and also just like the insane hypocrisy in her dealing with these things. Um, her crying over the dead body. You but know, also just smoking a cigarette. Smoking a cigarette. So also like out of control based yeah. on, you know, like what we've seen in the show yeah. a lot of the time. There's some instances of cigars being used when somebody's like more in control. And Tony's to- more Tony in control does smoke a cigar episode. after having sex earlier he in does. the episode. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to like a cigarette is one thing, but <laughs> cigar. a cigar is just like a weird thing it's to like pull move. out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Janice, I mean, being being out of control, requiring Tony in that example, but then also as we see in her few scenes after that, just like rationalizing and internalizing the events in a very strange kind of fantasy manner. Right. So a lot going on in this Will episode. Janice ever come back from Seattle? Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, that's your only question. That is, yeah. Um, it's, you know, I mean, Robin Green will and Mitchell. Chris, will Christopher uh, ever eat at Satriales again? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think that the show has established, like, the teams that are, you know, really working on things. So this one was written by Robin Green and Mitchell Burgess, directed by Alan Coulter, mm-hmm. who we've seen a lot by now, mm-hmm. who kind of, like, survived the first season where almost everybody got fired from mm-hmm. the writer's room. They've brought on people who really get the show. And it's starting, to, I think, to get a little bit more nuanced. It's, like, a little bit more yeah. subtle in the way they deal with their themes. Yeah. But This episode ma- yeah. was masterful. In, but in maybe that they're, sense, yeah. I feel like they're also, like, maybe even more capable of getting more in there. Like, it's so dense. There's so much happening in an episode yeah. like this. And we are at the end of the season, but it's not obvious. It's not like a typical TV show where it's, like, fireworks no. or, like, drama that hits you over the head. No. It's actually, like, like the quiet, slow often. incubation yeah. of these profound ideas that are finally dealt with. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. No, it's totally amazing. This was a longer episode for them, too, you know? So they, yeah. I think it did give them, especially compared to... The one recently where it was only it was like quite a short episode. Yeah. Um, so I think this episode like allowed them that, but also this kind of yeah like climax of the season. Yeah. Well, one of the climaxes of yeah. the season. Um, it gave them they gave it a lot of space. Yeah. They played with what our expectations may yeah. be. So I think it's cool. So at the end of the episode, I think I can safely say uh, we like the show. It's we're, good. We're not going to stop watching after this episode. Oh, I thought I actually kind of thought I was you done. Were done. Yeah. yeah, I thought this would just be your podcast from now on. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> I've you know not even trained you. I've just you know thrown out so much color stuff that you've mm. been <laughs> bombarded with it to a point where I think you can handle all the color analysis. Yeah, the whole podcast <laughs> will be about like Meadows clothes. Oh, that'd be a good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, keep listening and rate and review us if you enjoy the show helps people find it we appreciate it and send us an email it helps us to feel good about ourselves helps us to feel good about ourselves which is important we need that while we're watching the show sometimes we get depressed we forget every time that around now (laughs) we just start to see life really in a different way in a very bleak big nothing kind of way yeah so we need you know your ratings and reviews yep that's the only thing that's going to keep us going yeah so please help us particularly Alex particularly me I need this yeah I need this very badly okay bye I need this (laughs)